I'm Claire Manship. And I'm Ian Brodsky. And this is The Thing That Happened This Week. The show where everyone brings a story from the past seven days and we break it down. So please, keep your hands inside the podcast at all times. Honestly, oh, for what happened with me this week? Yeah. Uh, this is going to be short and not nearly as interesting as yours. Um, we'll see. <laughs> Branson, Branson and I will break it down for yeah, you. Yeah, I got honey. some questions already. <laughs> All right. Do you want to just fire them off now? I mean. Yeah, what the hell, man? <laughs> I'm, I've been asking myself that for 25 years in about a month. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. Hey, happy Boy, birthday last month. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, like, the thing that happened to me this week and more specifically today was that I was at an audition controversial statement like i don't like being around a lot of other actors because i think there is a lot of pretense so in our this business is great for you right yeah. now this is great there are a lot of actors in there that have a pretense that are very like faux high on themselves oh hell yeah and very obnoxious and everyone's insecure like what like what do you have to prove but um <laughs> but like i like that's why like i don't like socializing at like these big events whatever so I was at this audition today, and I was actually surprised because there was this whole group of girls that had been sent and submitted by the same agency, and they were all there to A, audition, B, read each other on. But they were all just there like singing one of the four same songs, and they were all just there to cheer each other on and have their, and take their turn. Whoa. And it was really cool because it reminded me, I was just doing this fundraiser um, upstate, not, not upstate, in Westchester last week, and my director was asked by one of her old friends from the business like to be part of this and she asked me and so when I was watching them just talk and like reminisce about the business and it was really cool and it was all about like how they were there for each other and how we like how they had each other's backs and how there was a camaraderie and it's like that I remember like oh these are the people that keep me in this business these are the people who have my back like these are the people that I want to be around and ultimately I find those are the people who get the work because they're not Showing off, they're not trying to prove themselves. They're just normal fucking human beings. I actually made some new friends today. Not that I reached out to them on Facebook or anything, but you like, made friends with all those girls. I mean, like I got acquainted, but it's friendship, yeah. yeah, yeah. Thank you. But like, it was just really cool, and it was like almost, even though it was appointments, it was almost like an open audition style thing, where it was just like one after the other after the other, and the one of the associates would come out, call a name, and go in, and yeah, like all of these girls just stayed to like list to listen to each other and like cheer each other on, and I, I said cheer each other on like six times, but whatever. Always be closing. But, that's it. No, they're not going to get the job. You always got to be closing. Exactly. <laughs> Throw one of them under the bus. Yeah. And cheer each other on might be the name of this episode. Cheer each other too. on. Cheer yeah. each other on. I like um, that. Thank you. And that's really what it's about because I've looked up to people in this business and I've been annoyed by this business as well just for the people that you can come across in it. Um, Because some of them are the best people you meet in the world and some of them are the worst. Um, The predominance of them are the worst. Yes. And so it it was really cool and really refreshing and it made me, and it gave me a little bit more perspective and it made me thankful that I surround myself with people who aren't the worst. Ergo, we have this podcast. Well, I mean, I'm glad I'm not in in the camp of the worst. Absolutely not. So what was really cool about this today was people were championing each other's success without a lot of it sounds like there was no pretense in the situation whatsoever. No, and I mean, like, I think, and like, a big thing in this business that we all know is like the chances of you getting the job anywhere are so slim that like, if one of us wins, like all of us win because that's yeah. another one of us getting the work. 
that's, that's cool. What, thank you. Like that's yeah. Well, and it's cool to hear, especially as a woman in this business. Like it's great to hear that other women were were supporting other women. It was I great. Think, I think we spend a lot of time like talking in hushed tones about how uh, other women suck at auditions. I yeah. distinctly remember one time at a at an, a Broadway audition, I happened to sing a song that. I guess now I'm known around town as like it's one of my major audition songs. Mm -hmm. And there was a girl who I could tell was talking shit about me in the holding room. And oh, then no. when I when I lined up to audition, a couple people behind her, she sang. It's not my song, but she sang the song that I'm pretty well known for. And then she walked out of the room and looked me right in the eye and gave me the biggest Cheshire shit eating grin. Like, Fuck that. Yeah, like she, I like, how did that canary taste to her? Amazing. She loved that oh moment. Oh my God. And so then one person went between us and sang a different selection, and then I went in and sang the same song better. Sorry. See, I, I was in for, I was in for. And then she disappeared and was just a mouth. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like she just, like she's living in the walls of equity somewhere. Yeah. Oh um, God, isn't she though? Um, I do remember learning about, like, the ghosts of roles. Is that something people talk about? Ooh. Oh, it's like if you do Streetcar, it's like, what's his name? Uh, Marlon Brand. I don't know. I forgot Marlon Brando, Brando's yeah. name. Yeah. yeah. Like, the ghost of his performance is, like, all yes. over that. I've never heard that term, but, like, you're so right, and I'm going to use that term for forever now because it's that's what it is. It's it literally never comes up in my life because I don't act anymore, but, like, that's the – I remember that being the term. It's, like, the, go, like the yeah. ghost – ghost of Kathy. Maybe the ghost of Dilbert, of, of Scott Adams, is following you now. Yeah. <laughs> Which is insane because he's still alive. He's, like, fine. He has no health problems. Oh, my God. That's another thing I don't want to lose sight of. Like, he's really into, like, this, like, very mediocre form of bodybuilding. And all the time when you, like, own him online, he'll take a picture of, like, a selfie of him, like, pulling his shirt up. No. So you can see, like, these, like, sort of defined abs. Like, Paul Ryan style? Like, a sexy, older... Like a sexy older selfie? A little. I mean, it's just like in front of a mirror. Paul Ryan is Speaker of the House, right? The yeah, sexy, sexy guy. He's, he, I mean, he's an idiot, but he's hot. I just played Paul Ryan in a photo shoot. Yeah, you did. Oh my God, that's, I, that's perfect typecasting. Oh my God. Oh, thank you. I was really hurt when they reached out okay, to me. Okay. No, it's okay. No, I'm it fine makes you it. feel better. I was up to play Monica Lewinsky in Clinton the Musical one time. So, oh, really? Which, I mean, if you want to talk about slightly overweight, petite and brunette, I will always play Monica Lewinsky, honey. Yes. <laughs> was it a good role or was it like hurtfully drawn? Um, so when I auditioned, I, I didn't make it very far in the process. Oh, okay. So I didn't get to the sides and the songs particularly. Um, but from what I know, no, it had a very healthy off-Broadway run. It might still was that, be running. I don't think it is, but was that the one with like Carrie Butler and Eric McCormack? Oh gosh, I wouldn't be the person. No, to ask. that was a completely different show, and I'm making shit up now. I'm so sorry. No, no apologies, but I, I really wouldn't be the person to ask. I mean, from what I read in the Times and Variety, I think it did very well. Uh, that's what I heard. It just I, anytime I like hear her name, it's always a, like, like, how are you talking about? This? Like, she was 20 when this happened. Like, oh, but you know, who she she's got dragged. You know who she's best friends with? Who? Alan Cummings. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they are close, thickest thieves, best friends. Ever since that incident, I guess they met uh, through some sort of political, charitable something uh -huh. back uh, right as the Monica Lewinsky scandal was happening. And, you know, I'm not going to put the onus on her, okay? It's not her fucking fault. Well, like, yeah, she's like a kid when it happens. It's no yeah. one's fucking, like, I, 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 
it makes me crazy when people call it, and I and I bought right into it just now. The Monica Lewinsky scandal. I'm sorry. It's it's it's. A, but like, didn't she recently like? I don't want to say fault. Out. It's Drudge's fault. <laughs> the Drudge yes. report broke the story. It's his yeah. fault. Um, but wasn't recently like? Didn't she like sort of like come out from the shadows and it's like I'm Monica Lewinsky and I'm taking she, my life back? Well, she had that TED talk. She wrote a book, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and did a TED talk about how um, the internet was just becoming a public entity. Right as the scandal happened, it was mm. the first thing that really became internet news. And her whole book, I, I didn't read it. I, I really should read it because I'm I I think she's brave. I think she's super brave um, because her entire life has been dictated by this thing, like Branson said, that happened while she was still was she like twenty? Yeah, yeah, she was yeah. a White House intern. Yeah, White yeah. House, yeah. Oh my god, if I if like it she was national even a staffer. news, staffer, she was an intern. Yeah. But she, her whole book is about how she it, she should be the poster child and would like to make herself the poster child for internet like for cyberbullying oh because Valid. she was the first person in the whole world to experience global cyberbullying. Oh yeah, literally. If the best thing I did when I was twenty was national news, I'd be like a hated entity. Yeah, it's just this not don't make a twenty year old famous for any reason, especially oh, yeah. not a humiliating one. Yeah, I, I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine. Like I, first off. I would say that in the early 90s, sex was still considered because it wasn't on, you know, girls and shows like it weren't happening on TV by any means. It was like a shameful thing. And if dudes had it, it was... There was that David Duchovny show. Which one? Do you guys remember? I don't remember. Why does anyone remember? It was just like David Duchovny. It was like pre-X-Files... It was like a almost like serial, it was like a Twilight Zone stuff, but it was like always about like him and he was this like oversexed reporter or something. Do you guys remember? It sounds vaguely familiar. I just remember it being on when I was a kid and that being my first introduction to like, whoa, sex on TV. What? I'm a child. I don't know what this is. My, I think my first, That's a butt. My first yeah. sex in media was uh, my dad bought the box set of Titanic for my mom, but I yeah. ended up watching it and they never did. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I remember distinctly there was one time that I was watching it um, when the the portrait drawing scene was happening and my parents came home. Like, while I was sitting in front of the TV with, like, Kate Winslet, like, sprawled out, you know, yeah. drawing, like, one of your French girls. Like, it was just, oh, I gosh. Re- I remember that was a big old, like, deal when I... I thought you were about to say some big old bitties. <laughs> <No>. oh. <laughs> they were, though. And she also has Good. man hands. But I just remember, like, <laughs> that was a big old deal when, like, that came out. Like, all of my friend group was like, oh, my God, I watched that scene last night. And, like, I saw her boobies. Like, stuff like that. Like, yeah. kids... That's I think a lot of our generation like that's how they're sort of like introduced. I didn't see that movie for years, and I remember everyone being like, "Oh, there's like a nude scene in the movie," and then I watched it years later, and I was like, "I don't know anyone's opinion on Titanic, but like I really didn't like it." I still have never seen the whole thing. It's not everybody's cup. James Cameron in general is not everybody's cup of tea. Yeah, he's not. But I mean, you gotta admit, Avatar is a perfect movie. But But on the 100th anniversary of uh, the sinking of the Titanic, they re-released it in theaters. And I went and saw it, and it was... There are not words for how riveted I was. And I had seen the film easily 30 times before, especially as the ship is flooding, and she goes back for him, and the, the whole thing, and they're swimming under these, like, you know, hanging onto pipes, and there's, like, electric stuff shocking behind them, and they get pressed against that gate, and he can't reach the key, and I'm sitting in this theater, and it's like a midnight showing me and my college boyfriend like and no one else in the theater and I know how it ends but I'm still just like wow like to see it on that big screen was so oh my god my heart was just just talking about it right now I'm just like gagum 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 like freaking out 
And then he dies. Yeah. Then he dies. Spoiler alert. Like, oh, yeah, all that for nothing. <laughs> yeah, seriously. She'll never let go. I think that's exactly what she did. My and friend, there was room for both of them. I was going to say, my friend wrote a whole sketch about that. The Mythbusters demythed de- it. Really? Yeah, they did a whole oh. episode about Yeah, because the ship didn't actually sink. It's a false flag, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like, it's to distract us it, from the Spanish-American War. Exactly. A hundred percent. April 14th, 1912? Oh, it was way after the Spanish-American War. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops! <laughs> or was it? Uh, right. Oh, yeah, no, the, the Spanish-American War is a false flag for the real one, which took place years later. Oh, my later. God. Oh, I learned this. This can be tangent official number two okay. that I learned this week, that the reason Six Flags is called Six Flags is because the original Six Flags is in Texas, and Texas was formerly owned by six different countries. That's true. I learned I that, like, a that. thousand years ago. I wrote fan well, fiction okay, one fine. time. Blow me up. No, not that, like, not that I ever would have remembered that unless you ever, unless you brought it up like you did just now, but was that the thing that happened to you this week? No, oh my god. Okay, so the thing that happened to me this week, um, I, the other night I was at the ATM uh, in my neighborhood. Um, I live in Hamilton Heights, Harlem, and um, I happen to live in a pretty regentrified section where there's a lot of uh, corporate shops and stuff and there's a lot of foot traffic and mm-hmm. um, people go into Popeyes and 7-Eleven and the grocery store and Chase Bank and Dwayne Reed and the whole, you know, the whole gambit. And so I happen to be at Bank of America because I bank with Bank of America. This same podcast brought to you by Bank. So I... Uh, it's so- a huge sponsor to get. From- <laughs> <laughs> it's going really well. Yeah. Bank of America is going to reach out to me personally and be like, we do not endorse this yeah. whatsoever. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I said there shouldn't be billionaires. I think, like, Bank of America is definitely not on board <laughs> with that. Bank of not on our side anymore. We've lost our entire oh, Phi Dive oh, following. Yeah. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. All those oh, billionaire boy. followers. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so I'm walking out of Bank of America, and this woman approaches me outside of the bank, and she's looking right at me, like, dead in the eyes. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I take my earbuds out because I'm listening to a podcast, as I always am. And I pull out my earbuds, and I'm like, what? And she's like, excuse me, um, I just, uh, I need some help. And I was like, okay. And she's looking right at me, like, through my soul. And I was like, oh, no. okay, oh, boy. Like, is this is this a crazy person? Like, what, like, you know, I'm just, I, I get nervous, like, talking to strangers in general, but just, like, New York can, can really bring them out, bring them out. A- anyway, she's like, I really need your help. And I was like, okay, what do you need help with? And she goes, I can't find my way. I just moved here. And I said, okay, like you just, you moved from where? And she said, I moved from Brooklyn. And I was expecting her to say like from a faraway place. And I was like, okay. And she goes, I can't really find my way around. And I was still not putting the dots together. And then she's not blinking and she's looking dead at me. And she goes, I can't find my way around the corner. I'm blind. Uh And I've never spoken to a blind person before. First off, that's weird. Like, there are millions of people in the world that have lost their eyesight, and how have I not talked to any of them? Uh, Which is... No, well, I've spoken to one person I went to school with who he's not completely blind, but he has a seeing-eye dog and and the whole thing, um, because he only has about, you know, 5% of his vision left, if that. But I'd never spoken to a, a blind stranger, I should say. The moment she said it, I was like, wow, I've never crossed paths with you or anyone like you before, which was interesting. And then she said, she reiterated, I just moved here. I don't know how to get around the corner. And then she asked me, do you mind if I walk with you? I'm trying to get to 159th Street. 
And we're on 145th Street at, at the time that this uh, altercation is happening. And so I said, well, yeah, sure, uh, you can walk with me. Uh, you know, I'm going to turn at the next corner to go home, but you can walk with me as far as that. Now, first off, I felt really selfish because I wasn't going home to get anything done. It wasn't time sensitive, and I could have walked her all the way to 159th Street. So then I felt really bad because the moment it was out of my mouth, she was like, oh, okay, I understand. I don't want to be a, a burden. And I was like, oh, well, okay, goddamn, great. Um, because I then was in that weird social situation where you're like, oh, no, uh, because you're blind, I'll be happy to walk you to 150. Because I wouldn't do that yeah, for right. anybody else. Yeah. Right? Oh, gosh. So then. I wouldn't do that for my brother. <laughs> <laughs> and he broke my collarbone. Yeah. <laughs> so then I walk her to the next corner. And then she says, so this is 8th Avenue, right? 8th Avenue up in Hamilton Heights is Frederick Douglass Boulevard. I was like, yeah, yeah, you're on Frederick Douglass. If you keep walking this way, uh, you are currently, and I did the math for her, this many blocks away. And I said, but you know what? You should turn right with me. And because then I, I was feeling bad. I was like, well, let me walk her a little bit further. I said, you should turn right with me and go up 7th Avenue because there's a lot less people in traffic there. And she said, oh, okay, good idea. So we're chit-chatting. I hear that she moved, you know, from a certain part of Brooklyn and she's having trouble, you know, like moving her stuff and finding her way around and her new apartment happens to be on this block on 150 whatever street. So then we get to the front of my building and she's like, okay, so I'm just going to, and the whole time her eyes are wide open. I mean like wide open and she's not blinking and I was just like blown away that I guess I just always thought of blind people wearing I'm, I'm 25 years old and the fact that this is again my ignorance like I just assumed a lot of blind people their eyes are terminally closed or by, by choice maybe or that they wear sunglasses for their comfort or mm -hmm. oh my gosh but her eyes are wide open like staring into my everything so we get to the front of my building and she's like it's just to the end of this block and then I turn left right and I said yeah that's 7th Avenue Adam Clayton Powell Boulevard you can't miss it and she was like okay uh yeah, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'll, I'll know when I'm at the corner. And I was like, oh my gosh, you're pretty sure you'll know that you're at the corner? And she didn't have, you know, like a, a stick to Seeing guide her or anything, or... a dog, anything. So then, again, I'm, I'm not the smartest woman, apparently, because I was like, well, there's a mural. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, no. God. <laughs> I said, there's a mural at the end of the street with a bunch of... It was like I was digging... The knife into you her. described the mural yes i was like it's a really bright wow <laughs> it's, a really, it's a really bright mural with a bunch of kids so like and then i realized what i was saying is it's tumbling out of my face because i'm nervous because i've never spoken to a blind person blind stranger before and so i'm like it's a bright mural with a bunch of kids and if you can sense that in any way you're at the corner <laughs> and she was like Okay, great. Well, thanks for letting me know. Like, she just brushed it right off. You know, didn't want to make me feel bad. I mean, that probably happens to her, like, a lot. All the time. Yeah. So that made me think, you know, one, I guess the two things that happened to me in this one isolated incident was, wow, how amazing is it that I had never crossed paths with a person who's missing one of their five senses in that way? Mm -hmm. And two, how many things, like Branson just said, how many things do we describe every day by like, all right, when you get past the Dunkin' Donuts, you're going to turn left and blah, yeah. blah, blah. Like we do everything by by landmarks, by things we can see. And like, I mean, I'm sure I've heard that when you have a loss of one of your senses, your others become 
like superpowers, mm-hmm. but she'll never be able to understand what I'm saying. She can't hear a mural. She can't smell a mural. Like no. she could touch it maybe, but I mean, she's not going to run her hand down every building in New York city. That'd be disgusting. Anyway, that was the thing that happened this week. Wow. And I just, a part of me found it funny. Part of me felt guilty. Part of me was like, wow, that really was thought provoking and touching. Mm-hmm. It was a touching moment. Yeah. There is that like dark humor about it. Like in this sincere way that like, you went, like, you did go out of your way to help, but, like, almost, like, in a sketch comedy kind of way messed it up. Well, I didn't go out of my way. That's the thing. Like, I wasn't on a timetable. I had three hours before I had to go to work. Like, why why was it not my impetus? Why, why couldn't I find the impetus to walk with her hmm. the other, you know, 10 or 15 blocks? Like, maybe that's just my selfishness. Maybe I'm just, like, a dickhead. But, you know, I felt less guilty about describing a mural that she couldn't see to her. As opposed to not walking her the whole way. That yeah. that made me feel really... It was it was a bummer a little bit. Yeah. It's like I have very limited experience like talking to anyone who's hearing or visually impaired. Like working in retail, you see that every so often. But like, like I think I helped like one woman around like one of my old stores because she was blind. And she had to get like a sense for it by touching it. Mm-hmm. And like you can tell that like every, that was everything to her was like how it felt and like how big it was and how like how that might provide ease for her life and it's a tricky subject and like you said like in New York it's it's all I think I learned how to navigate around New York by visual like cues right I just can't even imagine what that would be like if I didn't have my eyesight well, because like a lot of us our earbuds are in like all we would depend upon is like looking closely at the across the I street. think it's what I mean I, I don't know it just seems like it's what you get used to I remember there's a story about where did I read this I don't it was like from years ago I remember a story about three brothers who didn't have didn't have eyesight or like had lost their eyesight and had gotten used to that and walked everywhere together with the three of them, and they were like each other's uh, wow. guideposts. But really something cool. happened where their like vision was restored, not completely, <laughs> but it was like, but it was overwhelming, and they and chose to continue to walk around with their eyes closed because like that's how navigation oh, wow. worked. Yeah, for huh. them. Which I mean, I don't remember. God, I hope that's that's fascinating. I don't remember where I read that. I wish I could access that right away. Yeah, I I was just so I was so moved that she's so brave to live in one of the busiest neighborhoods in the busiest city in the world. The world. But then also, like, I mentioned this something similar, maybe not this anecdote, to my mom recently. Oh, we were talking about uh, that there was a retirement home near where I work on the Upper West Side. And I was like, gosh, I mean, I feel like it would just be the loudest place to retire. And my mom was like, but what if that's where they grew up? What if that's near their family? What if X, Y, and Z? And I just never thought of it that way. I just think of New York. I chose to live here because of my career, but it's like, you know, I just identify it as a busy place, but it might be comforting for other people. And that had never occurred to me. And then I did this weird thing where I was like, I felt like it was a little patronizing when she was like, yeah, I'm just having trouble figuring out the neighborhood. And I knew she meant like where the businesses were, but for some reason, all I could muster was like Brooklyn, where where she had moved from the the neighborhood she had moved from is kind of uh, like a labyrinth in the way that the streets are all twisty and turny down there. And I was telling her like, well, I mean, don't worry about it. Like this part of Manhattan's just a grid. Like that was really patronizing too, that I like explained to her something she already knew. Oh yeah, she probably knew it was a grid. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, I mean, it's a what? <laughs> What's a grid? Yeah, I was say, when you say grid, you mean? Yeah, and then how would you how would you describe the concept of grid without pulling out some paper and yeah. right and showing someone like, oh gosh. So it, she was really nice, and I wish I I got her name. I wish I had walked her all that way. 
Did she say whether or not she lives in the area? She's, she lives in the area. That now. was where her new apartment was. And okay. She was having trouble getting back there. Okay. From, I guess, whatever her business was on, you know, there's tons of businesses yeah. on 145th Street. Yeah. I mean, well, it's fine. If, if you see her again, insist on walking 15 blocks with her. Yeah. Regardless of where she's going or what she's doing. <laughs> yeah. Like, right. this is for me. I need to do this. <laughs> yeah. I owe you 15 blocks, yeah. girl. Yeah, just be like, hey, like, we met that one time. How are you doing? How are you adjusting? Like, do you need any help walking anywhere? Yeah. Well, like, and what's amazing about it is she was just standing on a busy corner waiting for someone to come out of the bank or walk by her that she could ask for help. She just happened to pick me. How lucky am I to have met her? But also, yeah. like, how unlucky was she? Like, I mean, I guess she could have picked a serial killer or something. She, I mean, she could have picked in New York. The odds are good. <laughs> the odds are pretty good. I can't tell you how many times I've, like, someone's been speaking to me on the street. I'm like, no, 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 I'm not buying anything. And then it's, like, becomes clear. It's like, oh, this person needs help. And I have to, like, take the headphones out and be like, sorry, I thought you were trying to save the environment. Which <laughs> obviously is important, but, like, what am I going to do right now? Well, that was um, one time on the same corner, just uh, a different corner across the street, there was a man running for Congress that was passing out, you know, literature, and I was just, I was on my way to the coffee shop, and he was like, excuse me, miss, do you have a moment for, and I thought he was from Greenpeace or something, so I was like, no, no, not interested, and he's like, okay, well, like, vote for me for Congress, for a grassroots campaign, oh, no. and I was like, oh, man, buddy, and I probably would have voted for you, like, you yeah. seem really nice. <laughs> That's the, like, the story in uh, Fear and Loathing on the Campaign Trail, 72, wow. Hunter S. Thompson is going, he's, like, going on the campaign trail. I used to read it every election season. Season, actually, and then this one, I just like got sick of it, and like, of course, the election that most resembles the '72 election is the one I don't read it yeah, for. Yeah. But um, it's not McGovern, but there's somebody where he like talks about the experience of watching them give a speech like that, and like no oh. one's there, and he's just standing there like shake hands with this guy, and no one's taking him up on it, and he was like. Yeah. That's the only moment in my life when I, like, had sympathy for these, like, Republicans. I don't care what you stand for. Like, that's a tough thing to watch. Well, and, I mean, we grew up in Northern Virginia. I don't know about you, Ian, but part of our kind of, like, civics homework was to work on congressional campaigns. Yeah. Work in local. I I worked for Congressman Wolf. That was Tim I campaigned for Tim Kaine. You did? For my civics class, yeah. Oh, Oh, really? Yeah. I was still a Republican. Ha, 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 when I did mine. I still thought centrists weren't uh, bad. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I, well, and Congressman Wolf, what was so funny about it, this is definitely Tangent 3. Go ahead. Oh, great. I, I took all the tangents. See, guys, last episode, it was Use all my them. fault. It was all my fault. I guarantee I've contributed tangents to this. Yeah, but the guest can have as many as they want. Yeah, you're fine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, sitting in a throne. Yeah, we did yeah, give him quite a, a crown and a scepter. <laughs> Pull out all the stops here. I have a we bib that says do. Mommy's Little Angel. <laughs> That's true. You're welcome. Congressman Wolf, his headquarters was around the corner from our high school, so after school I used to go and stuff envelopes for the congressional campaign. And he was, the, at the time, the 27th year incumbent. Oh. And he ended, oh, yeah. up, he ended up serving until 2015, so if that was 2009, he served another... Six years. Yeah. I'm good at math. So I was stuffing envelopes, and I remember one day his opponent had run against him once before. And we were just, the news was on in the background. And one day that I was there, one of her advertisements that's like a smear on Congressman Wolf comes up. Where it's like, he's been the incumbent for so long and he's not getting anything done. And he's an old man who's senile. Like, she really went in. Like, you know, in not so many words, but like. Senile. She was, you know, not so veiled going after him for his old age. And then he comes in the front door 
of the headquarters, like, right after this commercial ends. And he's like, hey, guys, how's it going today? And we're like, hi, Congressman Wolf, good to see you. And he walks up to the table of high schoolers stuffing envelopes, and he goes, does anyone want a Tootsie Roll? And he pulls it out of his pocket, and I was like, okay, well, she was kind of right about you. (laughs) And she's, like, one degree away from, like, a Werther's original. (laughs) Yeah, it's like... Remember but, to do your chores. Yeah, but it was so nice to meet him. Like, I mean, I, I, I may not be a member of the Republican Party anymore. Like, I, I vote Democrat. I'm with her. Like, I get it. But it, I, Jill Stein, of course, right? Still Jill exactly. Stein. That's I'm exactly. Her, yeah. But I'm, but I, I look back on that so fondly of just like it was such a not. It was such like he could have walked in and when his campaign advisor literally like jumped him at the door and was like, "Hey, she was just talking shit about you on the TV." And he, like, ignored the person, walked right over to me, and offered me a Tootsie Roll. I was like, wow, you're the fucking dude. You're mm. the dude. This is, oh, no, he, he is still alive. It's not in Congress He anymore. is still alive, yeah. Oh, good for him. But How he's old still, is he now? Uh, old. Old, yeah. Not, you know, he really wasn't that old when she was calling him old. That's uh, funny, though. It's like all my memory of him is, though, is that perception of him being old. Well, they used I don't to call, anything about him. They used to call him the grandfather of, of the House of Representatives because he had served the longest. He might be the longest serving congressman of all time. Really? Yeah, because he served, I mean, 27 plus, 27 plus 6 is 33. Uh, yes. Uh, so 32 divided by 2 is 60. So he served 16 terms. I mean, that's a lot. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's a while. Right? Congress is two years or four years? Two. Two years. Right. Senate's four years. Yeah. Senate, okay. I thought Senate was six. Oh, God. Oh, yeah, you're right, because it We'll cut the this off. part of it. No, 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 no. I want everyone if to If you can dub in audio of me knowing all of those details. <laughs> you got it. So, anyway, that was the thing that happened this week. I mean, I, I don't know if... I don't know if there's anything really to hash out about it. It was just I mean, a like, happenstance. I hope... You, I mean, because you're someone who's always, like, living out of positive intent. So, like, I do hope you run into her again just so that, like, you can... I don't know. I want to say befriend her. Like, Settle the score. Oh. <laughs> Settle <laughs> Get the score. So, yes, yeah, so you can just <laughs> fight club it out. Oh, man. Well, if I ever need a fight club, I know who to look for. Yep. Branson Reese. <laughs> well, you've broken the first rule. <laughs> right. So I think we're ready to do our quiz. Yeah. Branson is a brave soul to do our first quiz. Hell yeah, I'll do a quiz. He's a, he's a brave soul to be our first guest, and for that we yeah, thank you. Of course, yeah. It's so nice to have you here. Yeah. It's so nice to be here. Thanks, guys. Yeah, yeah. Of course. Let's do this quiz. Okay. okay. So, what are you obsessed with right now? I'm obsessed right now. I, God, yeah, this is so trite, but I'm like, I am obsessed with this election right now. It's bringing yeah. out all of this weird stuff with literally like everyone, every even people at this point in it like who aren't saying anything. It's like, well, I'm taking that now as a position. If you're vocal about anything, if you're like active at all, I'm I'm reading some sort of intent into who you are. It's just amazing how many of my friends are like imperialistic or authoritarian. I wouldn't have assumed you like I don't even mean that condescendingly. It's just like, geez, I didn't know it was possible to know this many people with I mean this in like the, the I have very extreme opinions about this election, but I mean this in the most apolitical way of just like there's such a like tapestry of different opinions that people I know have and yeah. so many of them terrify me. It's mm. scary. Yeah, if you just go look at you know, if you go to Donald Trump's Facebook page and you look at all your friends who have liked this quote-unquote, yeah. it gets scary. It's, I mean, even that, it's like, I feel like half that is just my comedian friends are like, can't wait to see the next dumb <laughs> yeah. thing he That's says. That's very plausible, yeah. I've been reading, so I, yeah, I've been, I, honestly, what I've been obsessed with is reading the leaked emails 
and just like learning everything I can about David Podesta, like John Podesta. John Pod- oh yes, yeah, sorry, I'm thinking of someone. Else. Uh, yes, I'm thinking of John Podesta and those emails. Like that guy, those emails are they're insane. And oh, there's yeah. so many of them, and so many of them are just about like these little. It's like this is like the window into like, oh Jesus, this is what like a campaign is like. There's so there's like a thousand little emails, and you have to respond to them so quickly. And truly, the sense you get of him, the more of those you read, is he's like Mo from the Three Stooges, just like hitting everyone on the head with like, yeah. don't send that email. What would you, why would you do that? <laughs> there's one. Did you see the one that's like them trying to spread this picture of Bernie Sanders? No. no. It's like Bernie I mean, Sanders without a shirt on by a pool, and they're like, what should we do with this? And Podesta's like, don't send it, you idiots! <laughs> I mean, like, I I didn't, I mean, I'm just hearing about Podesta for the first time now. Like, I've heard, like, of course I've heard about, like, the emails and the Yeah, he's been a longtime Clinton supporter. He was a staffer for both Bill and Hillary yeah. at different times, and now he is he's old guard. um uh, not campaign manager, but campaign executive. He has yeah. another, yeah, like, like a, a chief, chief advisor, chief advisor yeah. okay. to the camp to the Hillary Clinton campaign. WikiLeaks is just having a field. Russia and or WikiLeaks are having a field day with all these things that he sent. Where he really Branson's right. I mean, he's trying to like check the whole campaign and like really make sure that no one is fucking them over internally, and they still just keep getting it wrong. <laughs> they keep, I mean, he's sending, like, really odious emails, too. Like, the, yeah. it's all, they're all ghouls. But, like, that's, like, the most, and then, like, the, like, the, like, splinter takes that everyone has of, it's like, oh, we're at a point where, like, nothing's totally congealed yet, so everyone sort of does have an original take on it. But so many of the takes are, like, scary to me, where they're, like, you're going to read, like, what Russia or WikiLeaks wants you to read. It's like, well, you're going to not read it? Like, that's, <laughs> this is important to know. Yeah. This is, you want to know how a, yeah, anyway, that's my, that's the thing I've been cool. obsessed with lately, is like boring through those. Our second question is Desert Island. Three items. I mean, I feel I feel like I'm. It's like a bad faith. Like I'm not playing the game if I say stuff. It's like, wow, I want to get an airplane. I want to get out of there. I want like a sure, lifetime no, supply like of food and a million dollars. Okay. So I'll come back to America in better shape than I was. Totally. Yeah. No, not a, I had God. I went on so a hundred thousand dollars. You don't want a million? Oh, I right. said earlier, millionaires shouldn't exist. <laughs> so okay, I take the million dollars and I distribute it to to like people in need. Oh, okay, great. <laughs> I wouldn't do it. No, I'd keep the money. <laughs> I mean, I give it to some people. I mean, <laughs> we never said there weren't other people on this island. Oh it's yeah, like, what island it's is it? Like Japan? No, but it's like, desert island doesn't that mean desert? Oh yeah, do you mean that it's desert. It's like, like desolate. I mean, I think you could take that however you want. The uh, so the other answer I've like always thought about it this way. So it's like, do you remember Josh Matapchas? Right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. He so we Hi, went Josh. to high school with. Hi, Josh. You're definitely you're Hi, out Josh. there, but um, <laughs> he. I remember him saying one time when we were in high school, we were like talking about like desert island albums and he said he was like well the only correct answer is like the beach boys greatest hits because that recontextualizes the desert island to seem like a fun vacation huh i wish they all could be deserted island girls yeah exactly (laughs) it's like any album you bring you're gonna be sick of after like a week if that's the only thing you can listen to all right question three question three what are you watching slash listening to right now like Independent of the election, okay, because well, that that does fall into this category. But. Yeah, it takes a lot of it takes a lot of it up. My girlfriend just took a sitcom writing class, so she's been tearing Ooh. through Cheers. Cool. It is like a perfect sitcom as far as that. I like. I mean, I'm a Frasier boy. I, I love Cheers too, but like Frasier's where it's at. I like that. What else am I? It's Halloween. I always try to get in the mood by watching. Uh, 
horror movies. Yeah. There's this Japanese horror movie, Haosu, from 77. Have you guys seen it? No. It's like my favorite movie of all time. It's so good. It's by this director. I forget the name of the director, but he used to be a commercial director in Japan. The whole thing has like the veneer of a commercial. It feels like a credit card commercial or something. But it's about these like schoolgirls that go to a haunted house that like one of the girl's grandma runs and they each like die in these ironic ways but the whole thing feels like an episode of scooby-doo it's so funny and so weird and it's actually scary in a lot of ways it's actually scary it's just like so many horror movies are just based on like surprising you and they're not based on like horrifying you which is like what the genre is supposed to be built on i'm not been out of shape about it it's fine i don't mind modern horror this one is like it really like sits with you for a while the other thing i've been watching is a bunch of like old slasher films See, I have trouble with the gore. I can do, like, psychological thrills and, like, jump spook thrills and stuff like that. Those are tougher for me. That's funny. They're both, like, horror and comedy are both based on, like, surprising Mm -hmm. the audience. So I think if you're really doing either really well, I think, like, the best comedy is horrifying and I think the best horror is funny. Yeah. And I I think, I, I think slashers sort of hit the mark really well. I would rather watch a slasher than most comedy movies. I think slasher movies are, like, way funnier because they're just, like, so surprising and, like, the creativity that goes into them is, like, real. I, I, it's very inspiring to me. Cool. Yeah. Totally. The fourth question is, without looking, who was the last person that you texted that was not one of us? Oh, boy. I assume it's Nicole Silverberg, my girlfriend. Hey, Nicole. Hey, Shout Nicole. Out. Hey, thanks for listening. You're home now, but you were in Arizona when we were recording this. Uh, she went to Arizona, and I think we were just checking in with each other. Is that cool. where she's from? Yeah, she grew up in Tucson, and she's oh, there cool. for a friend's bachelorette party. Oh, nice. Cool. Yeah. Fun! You yeah. get to go to a oh. wedding soon? This one, I don't get to go to the wedding, and she's going to be there for the wedding. Because you have a lifetime ban in Arizona. You're not allowed to go back there. Yeah, I'm not allowed to go back to Arizona. Yeah. <laughs> I said, I drew, I sent a drawing of John McCain as a Pokemon to him, and... Now I'm banned from Arizona. It was real controversial. That's why I'm famous. Exactly. (laughs) You know who I am because of this controversy that's real and not That's real and totally not something we just made up. Yeah. And question five. Name someone alive or dead. It could be anyone that you know or don't know. uh, Who you wish well. Oh, that's a good, I like that question. I like the implication of wishing someone dead well, too. Just like, like wherever you are. Yeah, whatever's going on for you out there. I hope, Nixon, I hope you're fine. <laughs> I, um, wish, I wish someone well last week, an old elementary school teacher that, uh, I mean, I don't know if she's alive, you know? Like, that's what's crazy about this question is whoever you pick, you know, if you haven't crossed paths with them in a while either. Yeah, I mean, I, I like, yeah, all of my, most of my teachers that I've had is like, yeah, I would wish them well. I had some great teachers. I don't know. I guess um, I've been thinking a lot about G. Gordon Liddy lately. Obviously, all big fans. Uh, I don't know. I just remember my mom being like a fan of his when I was a kid. And he's like this super right-wing dude who I don't like or agree with. But there's something about him I just find truly charming. I think he's like sort of never stepped in it in terms of like saying something like, really awful or embarrassing he's just sort of like a far right wing like character but i don't think he's like a bad i think like kudos to you dude for like standing for all of this stuff that i'm just so against yeah but for some reason i have a grudging respect for this guy i think it's because i met him with my mom when i was a kid oh you did yeah he was like i mean this isn't he's like a hunter s thompson character the real deal of that guy that hunter s thompson was pretending to be like we were driving around and my mom like hit the brakes on the car and she was like that was g gordon liddy and i'm like seven i don't know who that is or <laughs> like what his deal is does he go by gordon or does he want you to call him i think he goes by g gordon Liddy. i think like he prefers you to call him like the mr full, liddy or g gordon name. liddy yeah. yeah and she like 
went back and it sure enough was him and she was like okay I have to back up and like explain what Watergate is to you for this to make sense. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. Then she explained it. And like, then I like got to meet him. I just remember him. He was like broadcasting on the radio and he kept talking about how he was like illegally sucking power out of the pole behind him to do this. And he was like, they want to shut us down. And then it was like later, I remember listening. I was like, wait, no, that's not how technology works. It's not how electricity works. Like I don't, he was, I don't think he was breaking any laws. He's just like into the idea of being an outlaw. Yeah. So I wish him well, although I'm sure I'm going to look him up after this podcast. And he said some just like hateful, <laughs> reprehensible stuff. I, I feel like that's a joke answer. I want to wish someone truly well. I wish, um, you can wish as many people as you want. Well, yeah. okay. I wish my parents well. They work hard, they're good people, and I don't call them enough. I wish them, I, so I will, I'll at least go that far. I will, I should call them more, and I wish them well on a podcast. <gasps> it's 11-11. Oh, okay, we're I made a wish. We're recording this right now. We're, yeah. Holy crap. Wow. Wow. When you're listening to this, it might not be 11-11, but I think you get an honorary. You gotta, you, you sync it up, like, yeah. Dark Side of the Moon with the clock, <laughs> like, it'll yes, be 11-11. Yeah. Yes. Well, that's amazing. I mean, we wish your parents well, too. Yeah. Hey, thanks so much. I wish your parents well, who I've met, and I like them a lot. Thanks. I yeah. wish your parents well. I haven't met Thanks. them. They're great. They seem great. Yeah. <laughs> Just from that, I hear yeah. they're great. <laughs> All right. Ian, I did so much more talking That's okay. this week than I planned to. So why don't you lead us in a rousing wrap up of all the things we need to know? All right. So all we ask of you is to like, subscribe, rate, comment, share on iTunes because that helps people find the show who probably don't know who the fuck we are. Um, and uh, subscribe to us on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at, at This Week's Thing on Twitter. Uh, Claire is at Womanship, like a woman and a ship in one name. I am at Ibroski, I B R O S K I, This Week's Thing.com, uh, This Week's Thing at Gmail. Tip us at GoFundMe. There's a link right on our website. You can check out the gents who wrote our excellent theme music yes um and branson where can people find you oh in greenpoint uh look <laughs> i'm there <laughs> i'm hanging out um i uh you can find me i perform tonight i'm at the magnet theater perform weekly so any wednesday if you're listening to this tonight it's there tonight i do a sh- i do shows at the magnet theater every wednesday uh this friday so in a few days i'm doing a show at the annoyance theater cartoon monsoon Cool. Uh, with my very, very fun, very funny friends. You can find me on Twitter at Branson Reese, B-R-A-N-S-O-N-R-E-E-S-E. Uh, the Dilbert picture I've been talking about is pinned, so you can like you can find that right away if you're looking for it. Oh, we'll and we're definitely linking it. We'll retweet. We'll, we'll yeah, link to it. Everyone yeah. should see that. <laughs> oh, people were... I really did. I will say, I got a few responses to that where people were like, just very sadly, like, I wish I hadn't seen this. Oh. And to those people, I wish you well, too. I'm really sorry oh, that I did that to man. you. Well, but them's the breaks. Eh, what am I going to do? Is there anything else that you're personally working on besides uh, your shows or anything? Anything you want to, any place we can find your cartoons? Um, I, Yeah, I mean, I'm just, I'm getting my website back together right now. I right. ran out of right. money. Um, huh. Aw. New York, New York. Hey, yeah, I had to, you know, I had to not get evicted, so I didn't have money for my website. So, uh, but it'll be up. I'm hopefully by the time this is out, it'll be back up at www.branson/reese.com. Branson Reese was bought by a Korean company that I think sells grass. I cannot tell what they do, uh, but grass they... like weed, like marijuana. No, 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 no like, no, like, like the literal, literal grass. Yeah, like from the ground. <laughs> <laughs> they, I can't figure out what goes. I don't read Korean, but they they bought up uh, that name, and I'll never. They are not That's selling. They are cutthroat. Yeah. Oh, wow. Man. Um, well, that's like Don 
Donald Trump, he bought JebForAmerica.com and it goes to Donald yeah. Trump. So that rule, I'll give him that. I'll say this, like, that's when I was rooting for him was when he was, like, shouting at Jeb Bush. Like, that, that owned. I was into that him was doing that. That was pretty funny. That he like point blank was like your brother didn't keep us safe. I was like, whoa, this is amazing. This rule. Um, oh, also, I illustrated a book, uh, how May, how may we hate you by Anna Dresden and Todd to go to Briscoe. It's in stores now. Wow, definitely buy. I won't. I mean, I've been paid, so it doesn't I, affect me if you buy it. But like, go it, buy it. It's a good book. I want to buy it. Wow, I didn't know you did that. Yeah, it's yeah. about uh, they both worked in the hotel industry, and it's very oh funny. Oh my god! Oh my god! That was a Tumblr, wasn't it? Like, yeah, it was a Tumblr. That's I've been how they following got that since like 2010 or whatever. That Tumblr is a book now, and Holy I did illustrations shit. for it. Yeah, congratulations! Thanks. Oh my gosh, that's oh. awesome. It's a really good book. I'm very proud of it. I didn't write a word of it, so I, I like I can just say like it's a great book. Yeah, definitely I'm sure, read I'm sure that. that it is. Yeah. Oh my gosh! And it's by whom? Anna Dresden and Todd Dakota Briscoe. Okay, awesome. Uh, it's called How May We Hate You. Read that. It's really good. I'm also reading, I have nothing to do with this, but I'm reading this book, This Vast Southern Empire by Matthew Carp. Read that too. I'm like really digging it. Yeah. Cool. Um, just read. Guys, get out there and read. That's read, the, yo. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. important to read. Well, <laughs> if there are no other notes, I mean, please, five star reviews and subscribe to the show and we look forward to it. Please and thanks. Please and so many thanks. Branson, you're amazing. We are so lucky to have you. Dude, thank oh you my so God. much. Thank you so much. This was so nice to be here. Oh my I God. hope I didn't talk too much. No, you, I, you, we want you to talk the whole time. Please. Great. Oh, fantastic. Then the I did what I should have done. Now. We're yeah. passing the baton. Great. Thank you. You guys, uh, tune in next week. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to be complaining about uh, Kathy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Well, we're so lucky. Thank you again. Thank you so yeah, much. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right, guys. I'm Claire Manship. I'm Ian Brodsky. And that was the, the thing, thing that, that happened, happened this week. week. Bye, y'all. Bye.